morning from the first reading of Acts of Apostles chapter 2 verse 14 a which says on the day of Pentecost Peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and said to the multitude Let all the house of Israel know assuredly is a proclamation of a very important standing. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly, ah, what is it? That God has made him both Lord and Christ. He has many words, both Lord and Christ. Very emphatic. It was a point to be made clearly. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made Jesus Lord. And Christ, not just in heaven alone, but even on earth beneath. For God has declared Jesus Lord and Christ 
is something we must know is a very significant stand in the spirit in other words peter is trying to say we are doing what we are doing now because god has provoked two dimensions in the person of his son he has made him lord he has made him the christ every other thing before now comes to an end so the first thing peter was trying to communicate here is that a new dispensation has begun the old has come to an end the new has begun what is the implication of these words what is the implication of this stand in the agenda of god and how has that to do with me or do with you with this new stand of god in the person of his son jesus have any implication for my life yes that is what peter is proclaiming it to the rest of the apostles backing him is part of the message he's come to declare a new beginning has started god has made jesus lord and christ so anyone who belongs to this new dispensation must, must come under these two dimensions of Christ. In other words, your life as a Christian must come under these two governments. If your Christian life does not come and receive ministration from this dimension God has mentioned, then you don't go far. It was not just enough for them to say we are disciples and so they are going about preaching. They understand the spiritual infrastructure that God has demonstrated in the person of making Jesus the Lord and the Christ. Let's take them one after the other. Jesus have been made the Lord. In other words, he is the person who has the rightful position of the Lordship. Digesting this word, we can try to see how we have we already use it in our world today. We're going to hear about the landlord. He is the landlord of this house. That means he's the owner of this house. He determines what happens in this house. You are a tenant in that house. You don't own it. You only paid money to occupy a space. He can even ask you tomorrow to leave the house and give you back your money. He can even pay you double of that money and say, please, can you leave my house? Because he is in charge. Now, for us to understand the place of the lush for Jesus, the earth was lost when Adam sinned. Remember, God gave the earth to Adam. By his sin, he relinquished the lush of the earth to Satan. 
Satan now rule this earth. And for the earth to be rescued back with the content of the earth, Jesus has to pay the price. That's why the Bible says Jesus bought you with a price. And the price he is buying you is his precious blood. In other words, in his death, there was a transaction, there was a purchase, there was transfer of ownership. When he met the demand of justice to evict the one who was who now served the earth by his death on the cross, a transaction took place, and that's why he said, It is finished. As his blood dripped and touched the earth, he, he reclaimed back the earth from the hand of the cruel ruler called Satan. It is by his death that the Father now said, You are the Lord of the earth. He has recovered back the earth. He has recovered us back to himself. And that office must be respected. So Peter is saying, Hey, now Jesus is the Lord. God has made him the Lord of life. That's the good news. So now there is a change of government. The one who was in charge before has been vanquished. He has lost his place. He has lost his legal ownership of the earth. Before Christ came, the devil ruled the earth. He could kill, he could destroy, he could do anything. No one could stop him. But after Jesus died and paid a price, now his powers have been taken away. Second, second uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 and 15 says, He has disarmed the principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness. In other words, the devil has lost his ownership of the earth and everything general. Before then, he even owned the human beings. The devil owned the human beings, born of Adam. But by Jesus' death on the cross, he has brought back all the earth and the human beings and everything on the earth. That's why Jesus proclaimed in John chapter 2, verse 2, he said, The Father has given him authority over all flesh. So no soul belongs to Satan again. Amen. No matter how much the devil possesses them, no matter how much the devil claims ownership about them, uses them for all kinds of negativity. The legal person who owns every soul today is Jesus Christ. Are we together here? Yes. Both the Buddhists, both the Muslims, all of them, he owns all of them. When he paid that price, he became the Lord of the earth. Became the Lord and Master of humanity. That's point number one. Point number two. He rules in His Majesty as the Lord. Because He's not a cruel ruler, He won't force you to serve Him. 
He understands the integrity of humanity. And so he respects you to be the one to discover him and then pay your allegiance. And he does that through his agents by preaching the gospel. The gospel only appeals to you. He is your true owner. Serve him. But before then, you are coerced to serve the Lord of that time. So whether you serve him or not, he's your true owner. He owns you. You belong to him. A price was paid to deliver you. Now, people of God, I want us to listen attentively because this is very crucial. If you understand this theology, if you understand this spiritual truth, it will span out into your life. Many things that happen to us and the way we go about it is simply because we don't understand this basis. That's why as Peter preached this, he caught them in the heart. They now said, what are we to do? They understood it. Now they were willing to now take any step that is given to them. You know, in the minds of many Christians, they feel that they are the mercy of death. They are the mercy of calamity. They are the mercy of wickedness. Many Christians have that in their minds. And they say it's the will of God. When evil happens, they say, we can, if God did not permit it, it will not happen. Who told you? It's because you don't understand your place. That's why evil is having its free will. When Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me, go out to the whole world. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. How did the Father send him? The Father vested powers in him. How did he send you? He vested power to you. His office where he was and signing checks and doing things, he said, occupy it till I come. Now, when I exercise our position, when I exercise our place, and then we are saying, it's the will of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, chapter 8 verse 11 says, because the judgment that was written is not speedily carried out, the heart of men grow wicked. And God has given you and I the mandate to execute the judgments written in the book of life, in the Bible. We are the ones to execute what is here. So Jesus is the Lord of humanity. He's fully in charge. Get that now. The devil has lost his ground forever. No matter what he does, unless you don't know the truth, he can manipulate you. He can truncate you. He can mess you up. He can demean your spirituality. He can go after your faith. He can destroy you. As long as you don't know that he's no longer in charge, he has no legal ground to harass anyone anymore. Do you know that even those who are not Christians, in the midst of danger, and they scream, Jesus, the devil will man. Are you aware? Yes. How much more are you a Christian? If a non-Christian will scream that name in the midst of danger and get saved, how much more you as a member of the household of Christ? So Peter had to communicate that clearly. 
the lordship have changed. Jesus now is one in charge. And he has given us his name to operate by his power. That is why, if you understand this, and you are ready to walk in his lordship, when you come under his lordship, you submit to him completely. And how do you live in the dividend of his lordship? When you come under Jesus, you lose your own legal ownership of self. You are no longer in charge of yourself. He is in charge of you. That's the true Christian identity. That's the point of identity. If you say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, you have relinquished your ownership. What I say? You have what? Relinquished your ownership to me. He runs your life. You don't run your life again. If he is the Lord of your life, you have lost the legal stand you have to run your life the way you walk. If you are still running your life the way you walk without him, you are not yet on that situation. If you live in a house, rented apartment, and the law is living with you, and the roof is leaking, Amen. Amen. Who works on the house? The landlord. Even if you don't tell him, he knows his house is leaking, he will take care of it. If you are in the same house with him and the security of that place is threatened, who gets more than more? The landlord or the tenant? The The day you were baptized, you legally proclaimed him the Lord of your life. You now transfer your ownership to him. That transfer of ownership is what is called Christian consecration. So when you see a Christian who says, I am a consecrated Christian, what it means is that he has relinquished self-ownership to the Lordship of Jesus. That's what we priests and religious actually do. The vows we are taking is actually that we are relinquishing our self-ownership to him. We vow that we will work with him. His interest is our interest. His mission is our mission. <coughs> On account of that, we cannot make choice again. We have lost our rights to marry, lost our rights to live like every other person. We have lost our, our right to choose where we want to be. If he says go up, you go up. Come down, you come down. And it's not only for priests and religious. As a matter of fact, it's the bedrock of the Christian life. That's why you see their disciples and apostles, all of them, they tested, even though they were not like us, like priests and religious in this sense, you will see that as they were living their life, they were living a consecrated life. So when you proclaim Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, you have entered a consecration. Where even the details of your life, what you want to do in your life, you must subject to his lordship. You must approve it. I've taught this early in our Bible class. 
And because you are still owing yourself, you are owing yourself. That's why things happen to you. When you call him, he will tell you how do how do my talent does not extend to this dimension of life. I shared with you some time ago a story of a young girl who was in the higher institution and she passed out and then she wanted to celebrate her, her classmates about the success of their academic journey. And on this day, they, had, they decided to have a party somewhere. And the friends came to her house to pick her after they have organized the meals, the drinks, everything, and they have chosen this next place to go and have this wonderful get together. As they came to pick this person, now this last person on their way, the mother of this girl just as she was entering, I said, Come, let me pray for you as you're going to celebrate. May God be with you. As she was praying, take it, you know, this new flex now. Mommy, leave all these things. You're always thinking negative. Nothing will happen to us. The man said, May God be with you. He said, No, let us be in the boot. She casually said it. Let him be in the boot. Leave me alone. Amen. Amen. All the plates, all the drinks, everything was packed in the boat. As they moved, you know, they are flexing now. Hey, in the car, they are playing their music and they're going. Not knowing there was danger ahead. They had a fatal accident where the entire car was crushed. They all lost their lives. But you know what happened? No place was broken. The boot was spared. No drink was broken. The entire car was crushed, but that space was preserved. The mother was the one who said this. My daughter said, Jesus, be the boot. Now he was there as Lord and preserved the And when she said it, others in the car did not, you know, counter that statement. Yesterday, in our study, we began to understand the implication of what you say. Life and death is in the power of your tongue, not even in heaven, not even on earth. Life and death is not in heaven, it's not in hell, it's in your tongue. Jesus said, by your words shall you be justified, by your words shall you be condemned. By your words. The boot of that guy was preserved. Nothing was broken. Nothing. The rescue team that came couldn't understand the amount of vibration that took place and nothing that was breakable got broken in that boat. Our Christian consecration by what Peter is communicating is that you must consecrate everything about your life to the Lordship of Jesus. Allow Jesus to run the economy of your life. You don't can just go out there as a blessing. You can't just go out there and do things. I have this investment. I have this money to spend. No! You are breaking your Christian consecration. That's why when you start having issues, he cannot defend you. I confess to Almighty God. And I to my brothers and sisters. Uh -huh. I have great peace mm -hmm. in my thoughts and in my words. Mm -hmm. In what I have done and what I have failed to do. Stop. What I teach you have failed to do. You have refused many times to subject the 
Paul said, whatever you do and say, do it in the name of Jesus Christ. If I say to a man, they say, I'm you say, you mean it's like that? You cannot even buy clothes without seeing that one. Why do rubber sisters don't dress in normal dress? They decide to take a national Why? It's an act of what? Consecration. Amen. Amen. So, what's the level of his consecration for your life? How does he tell you how to fail him? Oh, I got a contract. I have 100 million. I want to do this. You go to this hospital. Parents who are here, you have children. He goes out. Somebody gives him 200,000. And that's your son who is 12 years old. Goes out and buys things anyhow. Come back home. Come and if you tell me. You will say, Well done, my son. You are doing well. Huh? Oh, you will see everything. Why? Please tell me, why will you see things? Huh? Not just that he's still authority, he has violated the authority over him. He said to tell you you are inconsequential. You will insult him. Are we together here? Yes. So when Peter was saying, He is the Lord and the Christ, the emphasis was heavy. This was what spared the early Christians because they understood it so much. The Bible said they went and sold their properties and brought their money and laid it at the feet of their Can you imagine that? And the Bible said God was in their midst. And wrought at signs and wonders. They operated one heart and one soul. The quality of the Christian consecration was so high. The devil was scared of them. The first time somebody was killed in the New Testament was when he went and saw the things he had and lied about it before Peter. Remember? Yes. Uh, Peter, we sold it at 18, but they sold it at 200. Peter said, hey, you say you sold it at 80. Okay, now, all right, may you receive the blessing. The man has come and died. Get and dead. Okay, you may say it's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. The wife equally came. Few minutes after that, I said, Oh, and my husband sees you. Has he given her own share? He said, Oh, okay, where your husband went? Follow her, follow him too. It's the New Testament. God killed people because they violated what their Christian constitution. Are you ready for him to be the Lord of your life? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Amen. Amen. You're not talking again. I said, are you ready for him to be the Lord of your life? Yes. And it's yes, it's heavy. You have to think about it. If he's the Lord of your life, you will not fight your marriage. You don't even quarrel. 
Because you're not married because of that man or that woman. You are married because you are running the economy at that moment. Yes. Everything about your life comes under his auspices. He determines what you do on account of that. His jealousy will be heavily vested in you. Whoever touches you will touch the apple of his eyes and will receive judgment. All this die by fire. Every evil spirit fighting my family, Holy Ghost fire. You lack consideration. Did you hear the apostles ever pray that kind of prayer in the Bible? Oh, no, no, no. Rather, they were arrested. Angels will visit them in prison and set them free. Paul and Silas was locked in prison. At midnight, they started singing and praying. The whole place don't get quick. Everything shook, 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 shook. Doors got open, chains got broken. They refused to go. They remained there. In the morning, they felt like they were not aware. They came and said, No, don't kill us. We're still here. We're still here. We're in charge. Take present consideration. The power of our prayers cannot move because our present consecration is so sharp. Amen. Amen. You are not a Christian, but what is the quality of your consecration? That one is your personal journey with God. No, nobody can pray for your consecration to increase. You are the one to determine it. When you go into prayers, the Lord will tell you what to do. They will tell you things to call us from. How to live your life. That's how I pray. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and they hear my voice. He gives an instruction, and they call out. That's why, as you are, you should know him personally. He can tell you from now henceforth, don't do this. Others are doing it, they are Christians, but you don't do it. That's your personal uh, consideration. May the Holy Spirit give us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are certain things in your life that will never leave you. But you have built a certain level of consecration. Simeon built himself so much, the Holy Ghost came and told him, You will not die until this has happened. Even though he was advanced in age. When some Christians are telling you, Nothing will happen to me, hey, don't fight them all. Because you don't know the consecration that person is carrying. They say, ha, if you pass there, you will die. Some people have passed there and they die. This Christian said, I can pass there and nothing will happen. He passed and nothing happened to him. You now say, hey, I'm a Christian also. Follow now. Follow. We're all Christians. We all receive the same communion. Follow and see. You should ask yourself. There's a secret that keeps that anointing upon him. It's called Christian consecration. Witches cannot kill all Christians. Poison doesn't kill all Christians. Some Christians cannot be sick. It's not a, it's not, we're not talking bracadocious talk here. This is based on Christian consecration. 
By the period, we'll be in two places at the same time. But this man sleeps only one hour every day. Amen? Amen. He sleeps only one hour every day. How many hours do you sleep? Praise the Lord. How many hours do you sleep every day? Ten hours. Eight. Even in church, you are sleeping. Even in church. In church, the one you slept at home is not enough. Even in church, you are sleeping. And you expect to operate in the same glory. Sorry for it. May God give you understanding that you may come to this dimension in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read something from the book of Job. Job was a man who walked in consecration. Amen. Amen. Job chapter 31, verse 1. Outside the fact that Job loved God and eschewed evil and was perfect, Job had a constitution that kept him. And the jealousy of God was so much of him. In verse 1, it says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? That's how he came under the lordship of God. Your covenant is what brings you under the umbrella of God. And once you come under, under the umbrella of God, you will know. He made a covenant with his eyes that you will never lust after any woman except his wife. It was a covenant. That was his own consecration. Do you have any consecration in your life? David said, I will give no sleep to my eyes. I will give no rest to my body. Until I have found a space for the Lord God of hosts in my heart. David was a watcher. While people are sleeping, David was awake. He said, I will not sleep. Secondly, Peter said, the Lord has made him the Christ. What does that mean? He be the landlord. God has equally raised him to be the one that has the legitimate right to give life. He's anointed for life. That means anyone who comes under him receives life. The life he gives is not just the ordinary life, it's the supernatural life, the Christian life, the Christ-like life. I have come that you may have life and have it here abundantly. That's what is said in the gospel today. No other person has the anointing to give life. Be it even the physical life and the supernatural life. No other system can give you genuine life except Jesus Christ.
when I look up to the mountains, from where shall come my help? My help shall come from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Any other help will not stand. Only the help that comes from Him who is the author of life. And if He gives you life, you will not just be alive, you will have abundant life. Why? You too can become a transmitter of life. So that is the power of the gospel. Go in my name. In my name, you will cast out demons. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall get well. How? Because themselves who have received this life, they have capacity to those who transmit it. Every Christian who comes under his lordship and understands that he has received life from Jesus. It's also a life transmitter. All of us here can be life. Because we have a life deposit in us. It's a gift of God, not because of what it is spectacular. But you must come under His Lordship for these dimensions to begin to walk inside of you. Amen. Amen. You believe you have life. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. What are you doing that life? The greatest disaster in the Christian faith that we say we believe for kind of push to work. We can't push to work. And the Holy Spirit wants us to walk in this dimension. I have come that you may have life. Say I have life. I have life. Say I have life. I have life. Say I have this true life. life. It's in my soul. It's in, it's in my spirit. I possess it now. It must work in me. I depend on that life. I trust that life. I believe that life. In the name of Jesus, it must work in me. Amen. When we pray, we are exercising that life. When we act by faith, we are exercising that life. That life is the love of God crystallized in your soul. Remind yourself always, I have the life of God in me. I have the love of God in me. Different from the animal life, different from the human life, there's another life that superimposes itself over this one. That is why when I see sin, I cannot yield to sin. Because that life and sin doesn't go together. That life and bitterness cannot go together. That life and envy cannot go together. That life and unforgiveness cannot go together. That life and anger cannot go together. When these energies come and I yield myself to it, I deplete this life. I make it become less in my life. And the energies that have accumulated will now overwhelm me and begin to produce the what? The fruits of death. Death in career. Dead in business. When you lay your hand, they die. You come to your family, and it dies. You visit somebody, they bring trouble. What you say are negative things everywhere. Gossip, bitter words, angry words. Anywhere you go, you are sowing the seeds of death. Anywhere you come into, everything is not passing. Because you are hosting the negative You are supposed to be a blesser. Anywhere you come into, life comes. 
Let's follow her. Any business you touch must prosper because you carry life. God has blessed you. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ. I don't defend you. Amen. Amen. By virtue of that life, I can't be a failure. I can't be deceived. I can't be led astray. That life, as I stay up in prayer and righteousness, it directs my steps. That's what Peter is preaching. God has made him Lord and Christ. Something has happened. That investment, where you put so much money and lost the money, check where you ask him. You subject it to his worship? No. If you are subjected it and wait for his approval, he will see that before you went there, he will show you that this place is a dangerous place with your mind. But because you feel, I know it. It's opportunity. You went up to your mother and waiting for this to happen. Before you know it, what happened? Everything collapsed. You now came back to my son and said, Oh, bro, what happened to me? Help me to record this moment. We tell me, first of all, this is a problem. Hallelujah. Amen. We can't live as if we are free like that. There is no freedom that we can just do as we like. All the true freedom, the freedom Jesus gives to you. We live in a dangerous age. This age is in darkness. There are things you don't see. You must colonize government. That's why today we celebrate the good shepherd. He's a shepherd that will lead you to higher things in life. But you must be under his offices. You must eat what he gives you. Uh, if you want the plan, it's going to go with the cattle. Is it any food they ship for the cattle see that he is? No. He shows them what to eat. I watched one movie that taught me so much. That's what the day I resolved to be under the government of Jesus. He truly showed me the true picture of why it is necessary to depend on him in everything. I watched this. What was it? There was this war between two villages. And they used to have flood that comes from the place. So the flood just dried up and there were pockets of lake around. And the other part of the village, the Lekatos, happening in East Africa. And so the only way to deal with these people is to kill their cattle. And so what happened? They went and poisoned the water in their own territory. And so this man was carrying his sheep, his cattle, and all that, and they were all panting because there was no water. So the man came there. The cats were all rushing to take the water. He was fucking them to stop, to stop, to stop. And then he wanted to stop them. What he did was to bring his dog to check that water. He had to sacrifice that dog and ask the dog to leave the water. The dog leave the water. Within five minutes, the dog started to and he died. The man had to force all the cattle to move. I'm sure in the mind of the cattle, this man is a wicked man. See what? Like, what is this talking about? But they lack the covering dimension to understand that the world has been poisoned. I'm sure as if they saw the cattle that they don't die, they will not know. The Lord spoke to me and said, That is the price of living in charge of your life. There are things in life you don't know. I will be stopping you, you'll be angry. But you didn't know there was something behind that in your reason. That job you didn't give you, you didn't know. And that job, something happened to you. Sometimes the investment you made, you didn't know it didn't work out. 
That one you to put the cause in more. You know, he's also something there. That is you can see on the shape I can see. It's a widow you don't have, but it's a widow of all ages. Amen. God has made you your Lord and your eyes. You must come under your country. How are you living your life today? You quarrel with God's system. You fight among your fellow Christians. You fight your marriage. You don't obey your husband. Your husband does not love you. And you see, your husband is consecration. That's what spirit is going to work. You will pray and shout. If you like, go to all the prayer houses. Go and meet all the ministries. How many ministries do you have in Nigeria? With all the ministries everywhere, as they have all of them who shout the few testimonies and the testimony is about healing, breakthroughs of few changes of Naira and job and the thing. When you should simply come out of his government and he will supply all things to you. The Bible says he supplies his children their needs while they sleep. While they sleep. That's the Holy Spirit. Today, stretch your two hands up to Jesus in his mass. Say, Lord, I lose control of myself. Take over. Leave me. Hold my children and take me. I'm tired of living myself. That's the reason for this celebration. Haven't you led yourself enough? Haven't you led your marriage enough? Haven't you tried to control yourself enough by yourself? Where has it led you? You feel you are free? Has it paid you? From trouble to trouble. From quarrel to quarrel. You will toil and toil and reap so little because you want to do it all by yourself. The Bible clearly says it's not by power, it's not by might, but by the Spirit of the living God. The Lord is bringing this words to us again to retreat again that He is there for us as a good shepherd. He has led out His life. What else can He not do for us? We must be the ones to listen to Him. We must come and yield to Him. We must hand over ourselves to Him and say, Lord, take over from today. I'm tired of trying to keep myself alive. I'm tired of struggling to make it on my own. Lead me to where the pastor is greener. Lead me to the point where you have prepared for me a banquet. Look at David. He understood his dimension and that's what gave birth to some things today. Lord is my shepherd. They say in the new translation it is my shepherd is my Lord. I shall want nothing. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Nearest waters, fresh ones. He leads me to revive my drooping spirits. He anoints my head with oil and my cup of blessing. Does what? That flows. Ah, no, no, no. Today is today. Hmm? Mean business today with him. He prepares a banquet for you in the sight of your enemies. He prepares it, not to hold me for it. David now said, Even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. The guy was retreating the content of his consecration to, to the Lord. For the Lord is there with his cloak and with his staff. With this, he will give me comfort. Now say something. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And what? Wait, stop, stop, stop. You don't understand that part. He had to rekindle his vow again. And I shall dwell 
Where? In the house. Oh, in the death alone. I shall dwell in my shop. I shall dwell with my connections. I shall dwell with what they say to me. But look at him. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for one week. Is that what he said? For how long? All the days of his life. It's a lifelong consecration. The house of the Lord comes to remain his true. I was happy when I heard them say, Let us go to God's house. Talk to the Lord. Now. 